visit the Downtown Den, join us through our website, all the W's, downtowninbusiness.com. Stay in, stay safe, visit the Downtown Den. As part of the offer that we have through our newly created Downtown Den, DIB is going to start to host a series of live events. First of those events was with the leader of Manchester City Council, Sir Richard Lease. Sir Richard spoke about a whole diverse range of issues, including uh, the construction sector, uh, digital sector, the hospitality and visitor economy, and climate change. Uh, as ever, he was open and very transparent in terms of the information that he was able to give to those who attended. And first of all, I asked him how Manchester City Council had responded to this unprecedented crisis. We have to be honest that the world wasn't ready for this crisis, never mind the, the country, and we are playing catch up, I think. I think nationally that we've been slow to learn the lessons from other places, and so we are grappling with, as a result, with some real issues locally. I've just come off a, a health call that we clearly aren't testing enough people, we don't have enough PPE uh, equipment um, in, in hospitals, never mind for primary care and, and so on. But working with all of all of that, we've uh, clearly managed to uh, clear a lot of space in our hospitals, ready for the uh, the rush that's going to take place. Uh, we've put arrangements in place in order to be able to provide support for vulnerable people, not just the people on the government shielded list. We're going through. Uh, through with voluntary organisations, with the GPs, with others, to make sure that as far as possible, uh, anybody who's a, 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 is a vulnerable person, is a shielded person, uh, maybe self-isolating, but has no family or friends to be able to support them, that we're able, able to support as many people as, uh, as possible. So all of that is, uh, is going on. And I think organisationally that Greater Manchester is in a, a fairly good place to, uh, to deal with that. Um, Obviously, we have some pretty basic services to uh, maintain. So, probably one of the most basic, and it's pretty health-related as well, is emptying bins. Um, actually, general with public uh, service workers, we're in the region of 15 to 20 percent people down across uh, across the board. Uh, that is a mixture of people who are uh, self-isolating because they're vulnerable, or they have got symptoms, uh, and that's pretty common across the entirety of whether it's refuse collection or police, it's pretty much the, uh, the, the same sort of figures, uh, really. That means we can't do everything that we would have done uh, previously. In Manchester, we are keeping all the basic collections going. It's actually green bins that, we're, that we, we simply cannot uh, deliver, but the rest of the service we can deliver. So again, those key basic services, we are able to keep uh, going. Uh, in terms of what we're doing with the uh, economy, that's uh, although there is work at a local level, it's being led by the growth company on behalf of, uh, of Greater Manchester. Um, clearly what they, they've been doing first and foremost is to put a lot uh, in place in terms of guidance and advice about how business can uh, start to uh, benefit from the things that government has put in place uh, so far. To be able to go back and try and uh, give messages to government about uh, where what's in place really uh, doesn't do the, the job. Clearly over the past week or so, there was a big uh, discussion with government about people having to give personal guarantees for the loan scheme, which government's moved on, which is 
which is good news that they have moved uh, on, on that. Uh, still finding that, uh, I'm talking to uh, regional directors, et cetera, at banks about uh, loans still not, the money not flowing basically mm -hmm. into, uh, into uh, businesses. We know that's a big issue. Uh, we also know that for companies that, that reduce working hours for employees, they get no support, whereas if they lay them off completely, they do get uh, support. And so that's having those sorts of discussions with uh, government, that trying to make sure that we do maximize the support that is available to business. And I think we've just reached the point now, not that all of that is in place, because it clearly isn't. And we know that uh, for a lot of businesses, if they don't get some uh, cash into them be before the end of this month, that uh, uh, an awful lot are going to be in very serious uh, cash flow uh, problems. So whilst we know there is a lot to be done uh, to make sure that what is in place works. We are now beginning to start looking, well, what happens when we get to the uh, uh, end of this? How do we make sure that the, we are in the right space to be able to uh, drive a recovery? Uh, probably, I mean, that, that's a, a very whistle-stop summary of uh, uh, where we're up to, really. Um, there are work streams both about resilience of business, but now we will be over the next couple of weeks developing that recovery work stream as well. And you mentioned there a number of initiatives that have been introduced by the government, Richard. And I think, you know, largely speaking, they've been welcomed initiatives, but the delivery perhaps hasn't been as well prepared as it may have been. And therefore, as you've rightly said, the banks haven't stepped up to the markers yet hopefully that will change over the next week or so i think there were some gaps in terms of initial announcements the furloughing situation seems a bit bizarre to me so you know you've either got to lay people off entirely you can't give them any part-time work that causes and creates potential difficulties going forward not least mental health problems yeah. to the um and then of course with the hospitality sector um the advice that we've been given is that hospitality companies need to approach local authorities or wait to be approached by the local authority uh, before they get this grant. How are you finding uh, being able to manage that? Because as you've rightly said, you're already down on resource. So where are you finding the time and the personnel to deliver that part of the package? Uh, well, I, th I think uh, a couple of things uh, for that is that uh, we are read there are clearly things that we aren't doing so for example we're not operating leisure centers uh, uh, anymore so we are redeploying staff into uh, uh, other areas of activity and hardship both for individuals and businesses is clearly a priority area uh, for us so uh, our revenues and benefits uh, part of the organization is uh, we are putting extra support uh, into that in terms of getting grants to business uh, for most of them uh, we can do it off basically off our business rate register. We know who's uh, eligible from that. There are gaps in that though, because there are uh, quite a lot of small businesses that would otherwise be eligible that are in premises where they basically pay their rates through their uh, through their rent rather than uh, rather than direct to the uh, council. So there are some gaps we're having to fill uh, there. And of course. Uh, the council, uh, all councils have got their own cash flow problems as a result of this as well. And that was something we were having to cash flow because we haven't, we haven't got the money from government either. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel the, the government generally have, have handled the crisis? Uh, 
I, look, I, I, I don't want to be particularly uh, uh, critical around this because this is not the time for uh, politics really, but I, I guess what I'd say to people, go and look at the front pages of pretty much every national newspaper uh, at the moment. And I think today or yesterday, it's been all about uh, testing. Uh, we're not testing enough that uh, the evidence from elsewhere is that testing is the absolute key to get getting this thing under control, not only quickly, but for the long term uh, as well. So we're, we're not doing that. I, I don't think we, uh, generally speaking, that even the measures to support business have always been, I, I think, uh, a little bit behind the curve rather than looking at what's happened elsewhere and getting it ahead of the curve. Uh, having said that, let, let's be honest about this, is that none of us, no, none of us anticipated the seriousness of what's now happening. Mm. And we uh, have, we, we's, we's, uh, and this is, will be true across the country, that throughout local resilience forum is that we had uh, a pandemic plan. Uh, the pandemic plan didn't match the pandemic uh, <laughs> uh, we've got. We just have to be honest about those, yeah, those yeah. things. So uh, it's very easy to start uh, uh, throwing dirt, uh, dirt around, but we're all dealing with something that's beyond our experience. Yeah, I think that's a very fair comment, Mitch. I, and I think the other thing to say, though, is that you've sort of referenced this in your earlier comments. If we've been behind the curve in terms of handling the crisis, it's important that we try and get ahead of the game now. And therefore, when we do return to some form of normality, we need to be in a position where businesses and the economy can start to grow as quickly as it possibly can again. Uh, are there any particular initiatives, measures that are being taken place uh, to help with that through the growth platform, for example? Oh, well, I just said, but we, we're starting to do that now. We're starting to look at uh, and develop a, a, an economy recovery group that will start looking at the measures we need to have uh, in, in place. And uh, it's sad to say that uh, this is not something that we're going to be uh, needing next week because this is something we're going to have uh, a few months of this, I think, before we're in a position to start uh, really getting recovery. Uh, going and uh, that's going to be hard. We are going to, inevitably we are going to lose businesses uh, out of this because that's what happens when we're in these 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 circumstances. We've got. I, I'm not going to go through it, but we've got a, a range of uh, survey evidence that the uh, uh, ch chambers of commerce have done nationally, stuff that the growth companies done uh, locally, and it all makes very very gloomy reading. But. Uh, if, if you want to sum it up, the fact that uh, the latest uh, universal credit application figures are five times what you would normally uh, expect really uh, says everything you need to know about what's happening within the economy at the moment. So this is going to be a, a, a long haul. What we, we, you're, you're right, though, that when we do get into that long haul is that we do need to be as far as possible ahead of the curve rather than, rather than behind the curve. So have planned in advance about how we do try and take the economy forward and, and, and grow the economy uh, and i think part of that is yes uh, businesses will survive uh, they will be in a position to grow but inevitably what always comes out of this is uh, uh, the opportunity for new business and we really need to be in that space as well yeah and of course last time we spoke richard we were talking about you know the dynamism of the city uh, led in many ways by construction development regeneration i mean the, the crane count was released by deloitte recently demonstrating once again manchester's continued growth and momentum 
uh, and the construction sector, I guess, as is often the case, uh, goes into recessions or into downturns first, um, but often can climb out of that very quickly as well. This is a slightly different situation to what we experienced in 2008. In fact, a very different situation. Um, would you have, therefore, some confidence that construction as an example as a sector will be able to be supported and come through this relatively quickly? Um, well, I think one of the things we've slowly done over the last couple of years is build up the skill base within the construction industry. There are still skill shortages, but it's nowhere near as bad as it. Uh, as it was and uh, we know we know that there are still shortages because we've had above average inflation within the construction uh, industries but uh, I think I think that does mean that we are in a position that when we do come out of this clearly that there are there's got lots and lots of sites that either slowed down or have effectively stopped uh, but we'll be able to get on the way very very quickly so yeah we ought to be able to get some lead out of the, of the construction industry and of course, the other sector that, that Manchester has massively uh, built over the past 20 years now is its visitor economy, leisure, culture, all those facilities have been massively hit. So again, any special attention being paid to that sector? Well, I think there are a couple of, let, let, let's talk about a, f a few sectors and uh, probably the biggest growth area we've seen over the uh, uh, last few years has been the uh, uh, IT and, and tech yeah, in all its all its forms, uh, really, and tech is likely to be reasonably resilient as we go through this. So we ought to be able to see uh, growth fairly rapidly uh, around uh, around tech, and part of that drives development and drives uh, uh, construction uh, as, as well. But in, in terms of the uh, visitor economy, is that you know after three months of lots of people being locked in their houses, people are going. Um, I tell you, they're going to be desperate uh, to, to go out. I'm, I'm going to the uh, uh, virtual pub every Friday night, but I'd love to go to a real one instead. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a fair point as well. Um, just moving on to, uh, again, what happens next, so to speak. And again, just prior to the lockdown, we had an announcement that Leeds have finally managed to get a devolution deal over the line. Um, I think if this crisis has shown anything it's that we're, we've got good devolution deals in place we've been able to respond a bit quicker than elsewhere in the country um, but equally um, I'm aware of the big numbers that are being spoken about in terms of national debt now in terms of being able to prop up the economy now we've been massive campaigners you I many other people who are sat in this event today for infrastructure spend in the Northern Powerhouse, HS2, Northern Powerhouse Rail. Any conversations yet or any concerns from you that that may be curtailed on the back of the spend that the government are committed to through this crisis? Well, uh, I think one thing we can be pretty certain of that when we get to uh, the autumn and hopefully are certainly out of the worst of this uh, anyway, is that public finances are going to be uh, uh, a, a bit of a mess, uh, to be honest. But then. Uh, have to look at what government will need to do to rebuild its uh, finances and frankly if it simply just stops spending uh, what it will cr uh, help to do is maintain what will be a downward spiral within the economy uh, that there, and I think this has got to happen globally as well I don't think it ju just be the uh, uh, UK uh, the world is going to have to spend to rebuild its uh, economy and investment in infrastructure 
is absolutely crucial uh, to that. So I don't think those discussions are taking place, but I think uh, uh, anybody with uh, an ounce of sense recognises, yet in some ways you cannot simply spend your way uh, out of uh, a, a recession. If you don't invest in the right things, you won't grow your way out of recession. And infrastructure is most definitely the right area to be spending in. Mm. And maybe one of the lessons that has been learnt in recent weeks, Richard, is that actually, have we spent some more cash over the last 10 years? Some of the challenges we're facing now, would have been a little easier? No, I, th I think that's uh, uh, undoubtedly uh, the, the case. And uh, But again, it, it is going to be, there are going to be some very difficult decisions, both at a, uh, a national and, uh, and local level. If I look at uh, the city council's uh, financial position at the, at the moment. We clearly are spending money we haven't got because uh, we're, we're spending money, uh, significant amounts of money over our budget in terms of things we are uh, dealing with. Um, most of our sources of income have dried up one way or uh, uh, another and that's likely to be the case for, uh, for a couple of years. So you can look at in microcosm at a local level what's happened at a, it's likely to happen at a national level we're not in a position to be able to borrow to uh, sort out our revenue budget problems. The government can, and I think they're going to uh, they're going to have to if they really want to uh, make sure that we do get growth over the next uh, two three years. Mm. And just turn into that devolution ag agenda um, for a second, Richard. As I say, Leeds have now finally got a, a deal. Um, yeah. You every time we speak say you know we want more, and actually we can evidence base the fact that the responsibilities that we've been given, we're beginning to see results, more success. Um, what are the sort of conversations that you think need to be taking place now from Greater Manchester to government to say, right, let's get our next Evo Mag deal in place and let's have more uh, devolved powers from Westminster because clearly, uh, as I said earlier, if we'd have had those powers, responsibilities and resources, we may have been able to react even better to this crisis. Oh, I, think, I think that's right. If you just take things like uh, uh, volunteering, for example, where there is a national volunteering uh, system, it doesn't work anywhere near as well about what's being organised locally, not just in Manchester, but in other places uh, as well. I think you can demonstrate even in this that, uh, that yes, for a national crisis, you do need an element of command and control, but it's also got the flexibility to use the strengths that exist locally. It's going to be exactly the same when we come out of this. Uh, I think the biggest single thing, it's been the biggest single thing for a while, besides the investment in infrastructure, uh, is got to be around uh, education and skills and about having an education and skills offer that is going to support the areas that we're going to be able to grow in. Uh, and final question for me before I, I go to our um, panel of questioners who we've, uh, we've lined up prior. Um, we obviously, one of the, the casualties of, uh, of the last couple of months was, was MIPIM. Uh, again, we've done an awful lot of work. Manchester done a massive amount of work in terms of preparing for that. Um, you've now, as a city, got to start to look at ways in which we can keep those investments coming in, hopefully find new ones as well. Uh, any sort of plans for that yet, or is it too early to say? Not just MIPIN, but other um, work that we do in the international markets. I think it's, it's, it is too early to uh, say, although 
uh, even as we speak, as a result of our relationships that we built over the years with uh, with China, well, in very regular dialogue. Uh, a month ago, it was about how they we could support them. Now it's about how they can uh, uh, support uh, support us. But we've maintained some of our key international links as we go go through this, and it is undoubtedly the the case that. Uh, for Manchester to continue to thrive, it has got to be around uh, uh, investment, both capital investment and uh, direct investment in job creation, uh, but also our ability to trade internationally as, as well. So um, in terms of recoveries, what will impact on that? Well, clearly getting the airport back running normally has is, is, is got to be a big, big uh, priority because we know that those, particularly those long haul routes have really helped us drive investment and growth over the uh, last few years. And they, those probably will be the routes that will come back uh, first as well. So uh, there, are, there are a few things we need to do there as part of being ready, but quite clearly we need to maintain our international links. Uh, we have to look as we come out of this about how we can enhance that, how we can build uh, those, those relationships and, and make sure that they are uh, very, very uh, rooted in how we create economic growth and jobs out of that. But bear in mind, this is a global uh, pandemic, by definition, it wouldn't be a pandemic <laughs> otherwise. Uh, and that means that all the places that we built relationships with have, have again, the same interest in, in getting that back to uh, the new normal as quickly as possible. Thanks, Richard. Right, I'm gonna ask um, Tom Higgins. Tom, are you, uh, are you with us? Chris, can you bring Tom into the conversation? Are we going to go to Lisa first? No, I've got you now, Frank. Ah, there he is. Right, Tom, good to, uh, to, to virtually speak to you again, sir. Um, what's your question for, for Richard? Well, first of all, I thought, uh, Frank, I was joined a seance when he kept saying, are you there? <laughs> uh, thankfully, I'm not. Uh, so, Richard, I agree entirely that uh, the key to recovery is through infrastructure. And the key challenge that I see for our sector is when we eventually come out of this period, we're going to have to do two or three things. One, we'll have to recommence certain projects. And we're going to have to pick up other projects. And the reason for that is we've had real mixed messages from the government as to how construction deals with this crisis. Uh, the, the latest uh, direction we've had is that we, we carry on, provided we can actually comply with uh, Public Health England's uh, regulations in regard to the social isolation or social spacing. So we're doing our best in that regard, but most projects have had to lose uh, staff to do that because we can't carry on the way we were doing. So when we come out of this, it's going to take quite some time to get the projects up and running again to where they were. So that's a short to medium term uh, issue. Looking forward, I suppose, what we need is to make sure that when we come out of this period, in the medium to long term, that the pipeline is available for us to go at the uh, future projects. And to that end, where are we with regard to uh, planning and planning uh, regulations in the City Council? Because that's the start of the process for us. You know, if, we, if we're not getting planning applications through, then at some point in the medium term, there's going to be a gap with regard to uh, projects that are available to the market. Okay. Thanks, uh, well, I, I agree with uh, all, all of that. Can I just say for uh, business and 
uh, who should be operating and who shouldn't be operating. I think both myself and uh, Andy Burden were, uh, I think, fairly clear on this yesterday when the press uh, conference, which is uh, uh, um, government uh, has said that some businesses have to stop operating. Uh, they actually haven't def uh, defined other business at all. So basically, if you haven't been told to stop operating, there's no reason why uh, you shouldn't now be operating as long as you maximise, I know this is difficult for construction, but maximise the number of people who can work from uh, home and are able to have uh, good washing facilities, sanitisation uh, facilities and social distancing within the uh, workplace and saying that basically any business that can do that uh, ought to be able to continue operating but it's clearly uh, the best way of being able to uh, build business in the future is to be able to keep as, as much of it as possible uh, operating uh, uh, now so it's not just essential businesses although it's almost in, in, impossible to define an essential business uh, anyway for the people who work in it pretty much any business is uh, uh, essential but uh, but yeah we need to keep it going uh, in terms of um, the pipeline, I, th I think there are two things, to, uh, Tom. Is there are now a lot of projects that, which you all know, uh, because you're, you're involved in, uh, in, in some of them, are paused as a result of where we are uh, uh, now. But the, basically, planning is still operating. So we, we just saw, uh, I think the other day, that the proposed new arena in East Manchester have just submitted their uh, planning application. and it's, it's being uh, logged and you'll see next week that there will be planning applications being uh, considered in the, the arrangements we put in place, the emergency arrangements we put in place for planning applications to be uh, uh, considered. So it's not stopped, it's still going uh, and I'm fairly certain you will see some planning applications approved uh, ne next week, whether there, uh, anybody's actually able to implement them for a few months is another thing entirely. Uh, but you, you are going to see the processes uh, continue. Um, la last week we had a quite bizarre council meeting, uh, bizarre because we basically kept it to a quorum only, so we told uh, basically uh, almost three quarters of the members to stay away, uh, but we, uh, it, it was a council meeting, it was a full council meeting, a full agenda, I think it took six minutes, uh, and uh, that was to make sure that we have got arrangements in place to make sure that we can continue making decisions in key areas, including planning. Excellent, that's good news. Okay, thanks, Richard. Uh, Lisa, Lisa Morton, are you uh, are you with us still? Yes, I'm here. Hi, Lisa. Hi, hello. Hi, Sir Richard. Hi, um, Lisa. I um, the, the group effort of the city um, in pulling together has been incredible, has been exemplary, and, and we are always strong in adversity. So I certainly feel proud to be Mancunian at the moment, as always. But I just wondered, what have you seen over the past couple of weeks uh, that has made you be proud to be Mancunian? Uh, I think I think what, what I've seen, I, I, there's lots of things uh, uh, I've seen. Some of it's just the really simple stuff is that uh, if, I, if I go around the, uh, uh, the corner to the bakery to buy the, the basics, so I think bread is pretty, pretty basic really, it is people queuing outside two metres apart, people are actually contributing to uh, making sure they keep themselves safe and stay safe. We've had uh, literally thousands of people uh, volunteering, saying they want to volunteer to be able to support people in uh, in, in communities. 
uh, we have had through people having to take on uh, new roles a willingness to say right i want to help what can uh, what can i do rather than uh, what you might have at other times is people that's not my job it's been the uh, the opposite of that uh, really and a, a willingness of different organizations to, to talk and uh, and again uh, if i get to a business uh, thing that businesses that clearly can't operate uh, normally and this includes i think your own business uh, lisa uh, saying how can we help what can we do what can we uh, uh, what can we contribute Absolutely. Um, we, I mean, we, our business is in, most of it is in real estate and sport and leisure and hospitality. So mm. we're kind of looking <laughs> at options at the moment, but we're just going to try as a, as a, I'm on the board of the MPA, which is Manchester Publicity Association. Um, and what agencies are finding is because they've had to furlough people, there are actually skill gaps in their businesses, yeah. which is jeopardizing the work that they can do with their existing clients. So we're going to try and pull the creative community together and have a really honest agreement between agencies that they can help each other fill those furlough gaps um, for this period of time with a tacit agreement that the, it's based on complete honesty and transparency and we're, and we're here just to try and keep the creative community together. I, I, think, I, I think all of that, and I've seen some of the stuff that you've uh, uh, put out as, as a business, which I think is really positive, but there are lots of businesses saying, uh, uh, saying to the council, saying to other public uh, bodies, look, we've got people with skills that can help within this. We've got uh, logistic planners, we've got a whole range of, uh, of skills. Uh, we haven't got any work for them to do at the moment, but they could come and, uh, come and help you. So uh, I, th I think the business, and clearly there are businesses putting money in as well, because yeah. there, uh, there are some businesses that are able to operate reasonably uh, normally, uh, but they are making cash contributions to be able to help, help as well. So a range of stuff, and it varies. To it's different to what different businesses can do, but there has been, I think, a very positive business response to uh, how can we help. Yeah. Uh, and final question is going to come from uh, Alan McNeil from Virgin. Alan. Alan's connection hasn't gone down, has it? No, I can still see. Uh, it's, it's just gone off now. Right, okay. No, it's, uh, I'm back, am I? Yeah, oh, there you are, Alan. Hi. Hi, Sir Richard. Good afternoon. Hi, Frank. Hi. Frank. Hi. Uh, Sir Richard, uh, in talking with NHS England this afternoon, I, uh, I was advised that you've taken political leadership for the health and social care. Uh, yeah, aren't I lucky? Conversations. Uh, congratulations. Uh, as if you didn't have enough to do. Yeah. So maybe my, my thoughts are... Uh, um, Virgin Media, first of all, over we are we are fairly active to say the least at the present time in uh, responding to our P1 uh, NHS CCG and emergency services customers. So there's a string of activities happening, but we're currently in discussion with NHS England around uh, developing the Manchester Central Nightingale Hospital. So I'm just interested in perhaps some of your perspectives around health and social care in its widest sense and. Uh, your views on uh, the driving towards the April 12th uh, availability of the, hosp the hospital facility at Central. Um, yeah, okay. Can I, can I say something else first, uh, uh, yeah. Alan? Because um, uh, if, if you go back to the, uh, the, the basics, there are an awful lot of people now, myself included, as, as now, are now even more dependent on good, uh, digital connectivity just to be able to do, uh, to do my job. So, 
Uh, just before this, I was talking to uh, uh, Sarah Price, who's the Interim Chief Executive of Greater Manchester Health and Care, uh, Steve Pleasant, who's the ex Chief Executive Lead on Health for, uh, for, for Greater Manchester. That now has to be a, a digital uh, conversation, but at uh, the moment for uh, a lot of our GPs to be able to continue to uh, function, there has been an acceleration to the, in the extent to which they are being able to use online uh, assessments rather than having physical uh, assessments. Uh, maintaining and strengthening our basic digital infrastructure has never been more important. And I, I say this, uh, uh, I'm not advertising for you by the way, but I am a virgin customer, so you better make sure you keep my line going. Uh, if you don't, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll take your postcode later if I'm <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It, it is really, really important. And I, I, th I think although uh, I think people who are working from home on a permanent basis, so, uh, it's like wanting to go out at uh, night, people are desperate to get back into work at the moment because uh, uh, the social environment of work is actually part of what makes a lot of work, uh, work, work function. But it, it's undoubtedly that uh, some of the changes in working practice for, in health, for example, have been accelerated by the situation we're in and we need to make sure that we do maintain the uh, infrastructure for, uh, for that. Uh, in, in terms of what's happening with uh, uh, the uh, hospital at Manchester Central, and, and clearly getting it up and running by uh, April the 12th is uh, uh, no mean task, so that, that's basically getting a hospital up and running in a couple of weeks. Clearly, this has been done, done through uh, military planners who are used to establishing uh, field hospitals, not normally in this country, but they've, uh, they've got experience uh, uh, elsewhere in doing that. Uh, in terms of running the hospital, there is a full project team to set it up, led by uh, Ian Williamson. Uh, there is a chief executive and senior management team in place, led by uh, Michael McCourt. They are recruiting staff. They, they're putting in all uh, the facilities that are required to have uh, a hospital. And yeah, it's, it is a, cha a challenge which you all know about because of your involvement uh, in it. But it is at the moment on track, uh, I believe from everything I'm told anyway, to, uh, to be up and running uh, by April the 12th. Um, it is a, a Northwest facility and that's gonna uh, create some uh, problems that have to be resolved. So it's going to be uh, when it discharges pa uh, patients, a lot of whom will need to be discharged into uh, situations where they get uh, ongoing care in, in their community, whether it's primary health, social care or whatever. So that mean, involves liaison uh, with uh, Cheshire, with Merseyside, with Lancashire, Cumbria to make sure all of those arrangements in place. So it's not just setting the hospital uh, up. It, there is a range of stuff that goes on uh, on, on top of that uh, as well. But I think uh, where we're looking at the moment, although we do have uh, at the moment spare capacity in hospitals across the region, the expectation that within the next two weeks that is going to be entirely uh, swallowed by what are going to be largely uh, a large increase in intensive care or close, certainly COVID-19 cases. And we are going to need uh, that non- COVID, principally non-COVID-19 facility in order for all the other patients across the Northwest. So uh, it is a challenge, but it does appear to be going pretty well at the moment. And I, again, for all of us that are going to be involved in that, uh, there's going to be some real learning out of that as well, which we will be able to use in the future.
Excellent. It's the first time I've seen a field hospital technology blueprint, Sir Richard. So uh, <laughs> you're absolutely right, a massive learning curve that we're going through. So yeah, yeah thank you for that. Rest assured of our commitments. And I mean, if there's any further information that uh, you would benefit from directly from Virgin Media, I would be happy to facilitate that, Frank, with your help and support. No, thanks for that, Alan. Appreciate yeah. it. That's and likewise, if there's anything I can do apart from checking up on your postcode uh, <laughs> competencies, then uh, I'm, I'm, here, I'm here to help. That's basically the, uh, the, the bottom line. It's uh, good to speak with you. Well, I'm in two minds about that anyway, Alan, that after a couple of weeks of video conferencing, frankly, I'm sick of video conferencing. If the whole system <laughs> went down, I'd be quite happy, really. I'll pick my moments, I guess. Take care. <laughs> Listen, I was going to close it up there, Richard, but if you've got two minutes, we've had uh, a request from uh, Alan Cross of the UK Space Agency to, uh, to just ask a, a quick question. So, so, Alan, fire your question away, please. Thanks, Frank. Um, thanks, Richard. Um, I just point out it's a European Space Agency, not Sorry. UK Space Sorry. Agency. European. Thank you. Um, with, with the nudging behaviour that we're seeing, I think you just touched on it there about video conferencing and whatnot. And essentially, the, the amount of, of social distancing and the, the steps we've taken to deal with this crisis. Can you comment on how that might have an effect on the climate crisis? Manchester City Council has got a, a, a declared a climate emergency. And if we're willing to take such drastic steps to deal with this in the short term, should we be doing a fraction of this in the long term in order to help mitigate climate change? Um, no, that's, that's a, a really interesting uh, question then, not least because it's a long time since the air in the UK was as clean as is uh, uh, now, and that's uh, largely clearly because we haven't got uh, a lot of traffic uh, on, on the road and it has made uh, a difference. Uh, I think there is another side to this, that uh, one of the areas that we will be putting more resource into uh, is into mental health. Uh, because actually social distancing is already beginning to have a negative impact on lots and lots of people's uh, uh, mental health. And, and, and clearly, uh, whilst we can demonstrate that we can do lots and lots of things uh, remotely, it's something I said earlier, uh, social interaction is, is really, really important. And it's uh, important in a lot of workplaces uh, as well. So uh, I think we'll find coming out of this is, is that uh, the willingness of people to work uh, uh, flexibly will increase. Uh, so, you know, the sort of thing of uh, uh, in the office three days, not in two days, I think it's likely to uh, increase. But actually, for our health, we need to get back to something that approaches uh, more like uh, uh, normality. And in, in all of this is that uh, we need to be uh, wary about what we ultimately need to do in order to be able to uh, achieve a, a zero carbon environment and that is uh, it is clean power um, not just redistributing where the power is because not least because using uh, IT uh, and using a lot more IT consumes vast amounts of uh, uh, of power. Your uh, you know your laptop and everything is not uh, is not carbon neutral. We need carbon neutral, uh, carbon zero carbon electricity in order to really have uh, get where we want to be around emissions. So uh, yeah, the air is cleaner, but we're still using a lot of power, and a lot of that is uh, carbon generated power. 
Thanks for that, Alan and Richard. Thanks very much for handling a, a complex and diverse range of questions this afternoon. Always good to speak to you, mate, and, uh, and clearly you're going to be extremely busy over the next few months. Uh, certainly are, but look, uh, there is always uh, something that's really important about this, and business plays its part, that we know that uh, when times are tough, they, they really are the times that we need to pull, pull together. And I think at the moment, Manchester, hardly surprisingly, uh, is, is pulling together. We just need to keep that going and recognise that uh, unlike a lot of the crises we've faced in the past, this is not a one or two day crisis. This is going to be a, a few months. That means it's hard work. And uh, those of us, all of us that are in leadership positions, whether it's business or whether it's politics, uh, have to really show that leadership of, of behaving in the right way and making sure we do pull together. Excellent. Thanks very much. A very positive message to end on. And Richard, you were the first guest in the downtown den for a live event. So I appreciate that. No, that's all right. Pleasure. Good night, Take everybody. care, everybody. Thanks very much. And listen, gang, as I said earlier, we will um, circulate everybody's details. If you want any introductions, let me know. If there's anything um, that you can help Manchester, Manchester City Council with, feed that through to us and we'll put it into the uh, to the right uh, to the right hands uh, and the other thing I should say no Lisa's still online uh, if you've got a spare hour or so you're wondering what you can do with it you could do a lot worse than listen to the uh, we built this city uh, podcasts that uh, RDPR have put together which are I've only listened to one so far for absolutely superb so thanks for that Lisa thanks for the entertainment and we'll see you all again very soon